Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For millennia, God's people have walked through a valley of shadow, a valley of loneliness and pain, a valley of futility and injustice, a shadow covering the entirety of the earth, government, finance, every sector, a shadow covering over every single human heart, a shadow of selfishness and vanity. But also for millennia, God's people have been comforted in knowing that as we pass through this valley of shadow, we need not fear evil, for the Lord is with us. The Lord is our shepherd, and his rod and his staff, they comfort us. This Christmas is the celebration of the birth of the good, the great shepherd. The Bible is filled with shepherds, which also means that the history of God's people is filled with shepherds. A few names rise to the top. Abel, the very first shepherd in the scriptures, along with Abraham, who many count to be a shepherd, and also Moses and David. In these and all the unnamed shepherds of the scriptures, we see a foreshadowing, a pointing to the birth of our great shepherd, the Lord Jesus. Abel, whose name means nothingness and of no account, shows us how our shepherd Jesus comes, born in humility and lowliness, as one of no account. Abel, the first to have his blood shed by Cain, his brother, foreshadows Christ, who has his blood shed by his own people. Abel's blood cries out for vengeance, but the blood of Jesus cries out for mercy, for peace. The shepherd Abraham foreshadows Christ, Abraham meaning exalted father, And though he had no son, he indeed miraculously became the father of many nations. So also Christ, our shepherd, had no sons, and yet his offspring are as numerous as every Christian this world will ever know. He is given the name Everlasting Father. Moses, a shepherd in exile, meets God in the burning bush. And God tells him to shepherd his people Israel out from bondage in Egypt and into the promised land. And so our shepherd, the Lord Jesus, comes to us that he might set us free from the bondage of sin and death and lead us into the promised land of the new heavens and the new earth. The shepherd, David, was a shepherd precisely because he was the youngest, and the youngest had to do 
the shepherding. It is lowly and hard work. And thus, when the Son of God comes to be our shepherd, it is lowly and hard work in which he engages. It is given to David to slay the great giant and reign over the people of God. And so it is given to our Christ to slay the great giant Satan and to rule over God's people as king forever. So quite briefly, you can see that these Old Testament shepherds all direct and point to the good shepherd, our Savior Jesus, and his birth. Indeed, then, it is no surprise why when the angels come announcing the birth of Christ, they come to shepherds watching over their flocks by night. These shepherds, then, are the sum and total of all the Old Testament shepherds, pointing and waiting for the one great shepherd to come. These shepherds watch their flocks on the hills over Bethlehem, Bethlehem a mere five miles away from Jerusalem. These shepherds watch over lambs that are destined to be sacrificed at the temple. And so Christ is born in their midst, not only as a shepherd among shepherds, but as a lamb amongst lambs, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. These shepherds also point us to a rather interesting theory, and that is when the angel says unto them, this will be a sign, you will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger, we're not told that they go searching from house to house looking for said manger. We're not told that they go to the nearest Ramada or Motel 8 in Bethlehem to search for a manger, but rather they seem to know already exactly where this manger is. Thus, it may well be the case that our Lord Jesus was born in a lambing cave, and laid into that manger which the shepherds themselves would quite intimately and obviously know. Be that as it may, one final point should draw, be drawn to our attention in regard to these shepherds, and that is that we don't often connect the dots between their joy at receiving the message of the angels and seeing the Christ lying in a manger and just what happens next. Because the wicked King Herod, obsessed with retaining the throne, sees to it that his soldiers go and slaughter the innocents at Bethlehem, all sons two years old and younger. Conservative estimates tell us that would have been about 14,000 slain. Such is the hatred of wicked man and the hatred of Satan for Christ and for little children. A wickedness and evil we are all too well acquainted with in our own world today. But then for those shepherds, Christmas meant the greatest of joys, the coming of the one true shepherd, but also the greatest of sorrows. Sorrows that only parents who have lost children can know. 
And thus, the great paradox of Christmas. There is such joy, but also such sorrow. The Christmas lights twinkle and shine, but they cast their shadows. We joyfully decorate our homes with holly and ivy while singing the song, only to have the thorns of the holly recall to our minds the thorns that will be wrapped around Christ's head. And the red berries of the holly remind of the red blood that will flow from his innocent body. The Christmas paradox is such that even as we sing with joy and wonder, what child is this? We also sing that this is he whom nails and spear will pierce through. His cross be born for me and for you. The Christmas tree itself stands as a kind of real-life parable. Underneath all of the consumerism, all of the tinsel, all of the ornamentation, all of the lights, all of the foliage, is rough, hard wood. For that is why Christ indeed came, to hang upon the rough, hard wood as our Savior. Thus it is incumbent upon us to hear that astonishing decree from God's own mouth that there is none who is righteous. No, not one. All have sinned. All have fallen short of the glory of God. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. And every one of us wanders his own way. But these words are to be followed by even more astonishing words still. Upon the shepherd, God lays the sins of the sheep. It is so wondrous, so preposterous, that the eternal, innocent Son of God would come down and die for wretched rebel sinners. It is precisely the picture we see in the Good Shepherd laying down His life for the sheep. Indeed, God would see to it that His Son, His Lamb, would bear the sins of the world. That means, from God's vantage point, there is but one sinner, his own beloved son. All our godless, lustful, greedy thoughts have been reckoned to him, and therefore his head is wrapped in thorns. All our slanderous, murderous, and blasphemous words have been reckoned to him, and therefore his mouth is struck. All our wicked, cruel, and thoughtless deeds have been reckoned to him, and thus his hands and his feet are pierced, his body marred beyond human semblance. This is what it means for us to be sheep 
and for him to be that shepherd which lays down his life for his sheep. And indeed, he does so willingly and lovingly. I know my own, and my own know me, the good shepherd says. And I lay down my life for the sheep. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have wandered through the valley of the shadow of death. Yea, though I wander through the valley of sin and shame, yea, though I wander through the valley of addiction and self-medication, yea, though I wander through the valley of pain and loneliness, yea, though I wander through the valley of fear and anxiety, Yea, though I wander through the valley of depression and regret. Yea, though I wander through the valley of mourning and loss. Thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Our good shepherd is one who so loves us. He will never forsake us. But as the saying goes, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. And so also, there is no soul as inconsolable as that soul which refuses to be consoled. Believe in Christ. Be comforted by Him. He is with you. And... Even more to the point, he is leading you as a shepherd leads his sheep. And he is leading you through this valley of the shadow of death. Whatever goodness, whatever beauty, whatever truth there may be in this world, in this life, God be thanked and praised. And yet, in sum and total, this is no place to remain. Our good shepherd is with us precisely so that he may lead us through this into the dawning of a new year and soon enough into the dawning of a new life, a new world, a new heavens and a new earth freed from all shadow and from all death. Yea, though we walk through this valley of the shadow of death, you are with us, Jesus, Emmanuel, our good shepherd. We praise you at your birth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.